Welcome to More Than a Sign, where we talk to some of Milwaukee's most productive realtors, up-and-coming realtors, and those that work alongside us. However, rather than being a platform for shameful self-promotion, these are intimate discussions about the journey, the struggle, the fear, and ultimately, the personal growth along the way. At the end of the day, nobody really cares about what we do. All that really matters is who we are. Today, we're going to learn who Paul Handel is. But before we do, let me tell you a few things about what Paul has done. So, Paul is the managing director of um, Mahler Sotheby's International. Um, they are especially well known for the luxury properties that they um, sell, buy and sell. Um, but um, they actually work across all price points and they also work all over the state, which is super interesting. I think you're the only team in our area that really works all over the state. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, it's, it really was a byproduct of becoming a Sotheby's International Realty affiliate. Mm-hmm. Um, people are drawn to the brand, so they will call us from all over the place. And um, like, for example, I have a listing in um, Eagle River right now, which we just got an offer on. Um, and that's a four hour drive. So just to do a showing, it's a real commitment, uh, a full day to do that. But, um, you're right. We do work at all price points. So it's, it's really not about the price of a house or the magnitude of a house. It's really just a level of service that we provide across all. Terrific. Um, so you've had great success. You've brought a legendary brand to Wisconsin. Um, you've helped raise the bar in terms of what we all do. Um, no disrespect intended, but who cares about all of that? Right. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about Paul Handel, the person that I've known for years. We've collaborated on the same side of the table numerous times. Um, we've been on the opposite side of the table numerous times. Currently are. Right. And I don't think Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we ever had a deal that we were working on together, whether we were on buyer or seller side that didn't come together. No. I, I don't remember. Right. No, there, are, there isn't. Um, I don't think that there's a more collaborative person in the business, honestly. Oh, I, thanks for Yeah. That. And that's why you were one of the first people that I reached out to. Thank so you. I've always appreciated the Real friendship and I've always appreciated the way that you do business. Yeah, it's it has to be in my mind, it has to be this way. Mm -hmm. You know, we are ultimately here to work together to make this happen for our clients, whether they're the buyers or the sellers. I mean, everyone is moving towards the same goal. I think that the, the personal relationships are what drive the ease in which we can move in this business. You know, if we can have a real conversation without ego without any, you know, anything that is keeping us from really identifying what the problem is and solving the problem rather than any other stuff, that is what makes it go smoothly. I mean, I know I can call you and say, okay, here's what's going on. This is what we need to do. This is where we need to go. And you will take that information, relay it clearly without filter and come back to me with something that I can work with. And it's it, it's important for everyone in our business to approach it with a an attitude of 
real collaboration because we are at, at some point in any deal, we're all going to be in a spot where we're going to need that kind of grace and kindness. For sure. Absolutely. And that's sometimes it feels like it's in short supply. Can be. Yeah. Um, so despite all of the things that we've done together um, and the way I feel about you, I know way less about you than I should. So where did you grow up? I grew up in South Milwaukee. Okay. So I was born and raised in Wisconsin. Um, my mom still lives in South Milwaukee. People say to me, oh, so you grew up on the South side. And I say, well, no, I grew up in South Milwaukee, right. which is its own sure. little town, um, you know, just South of Cudahy, just North of Oak Creek. So mm -hmm. that's where I grew up on a little house on Menominee Avenue. And, um, I went to, uh, college at uwm mm -hmm. briefly um i i'm not a great student i was never a great student um sure. i was very i i got through grade school like a flash i was smarter than or i thought i was smarter than everybody so mm -hmm. I, I kind of skated through that i could read at a sixth grade level when i was in kindergarten and when it came to high school um, you actually had to learn something and study, right. and that was the part that tripped me up. I, sure. I, I just math is math escapes me, you right. know. Um, science escapes me, but that's why nobody refers to you as doctor, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so when I went to college, I struggled with that a little bit, and my mom said, "Well, look, you know, don't put so much pressure on yourself. You know, you can do um, just." you know, take just a couple of classes and ease your way into it. Well, that was, a, that was an error on her part. Not, you know, mm -hmm. my mom gets it. Um, giving me that, that leeway, I just went and got a job. Sure. And so I started making money. I got a job. It was, you know, 1985. There was a lot going on in, you know, in the city at the time. And I, uh, I never, I never went back. Um, so I, I didn't, I don't have a college degree. Um, I briefly went to Marquette to try to get my degree many years later mm -hmm. and work. I just couldn't do it. So that and it sounds like your mother gave you the right advice at the time. You know, she helped you believe in yourself and college isn't for everybody. And, you know, some parents say, no, no, you have to stay and you have to, and evidently she gave you the ability to pursue other opportunities. Yeah, I, I came from an entrepreneurial family. My, my mom's family, um, my grandfather owned, well, they, my great grandfather owned the general store in a town called Cascade, which is kind of a little South and a little West of Sheboygan. And um, they were farmers too in the family. And so they never worked for anybody. They had their own businesses. My dad, um, he had his own business as well. He had a, a, a lithography company called camera graphics yeah. back in the seventies. And that was, it was before computers. So they did lithography type and they cut it out and pasted it with rubber cement. I loved rubber cement. I love mm -hmm. rubber cement to this day <laughs> because of it. Um, and he never had a, a, I don't want to say a real job, but he had, was always an entrepreneur and he, bounced around from thing to thing. So I've always kind of had that in my blood. And um, I got into real estate 
young. I, it was 1992. I got my real estate license in 1992 and I started working at Federated. I wanted to go to the best place, the sure. fanciest place. And a kid from South Milwaukee, I knew nothing about mm. the North Shore. I knew nothing about Mequon, nothing. But I drove up to Mequon, the office there on Port Road. And Gretchen uh, Peck, right? Jim Summers. Sure. And okay. I uh, went in there and they hired me. I was very proud of myself, not understanding how real estate <laughs> right. companies hire people. But mm -hmm. I, I felt really great about that. And um, I learned quickly Again, at that time in 1992, there was no internet. The mm. MLS was in a book, like a phone book, and it came out. I don't remember how often it came out. If it came out once a month or every I week. Think so. I, don't I think remember. it was monthly. And of course, it was very exciting when it came out because you could look at all the new mm -hmm. listings and paper. And um, I, I didn't know anything about real estate. I didn't have a family. I didn't have, I never bought a house before. And so it wasn't, it, it was too early for me. And there was no, you know, Ryan Serhant or, mm -hmm. you know, Tom Ferry or people that you could read and get kind of mentored on your own. There was none of that. So and you were in your mid twenties at the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. early, yeah. Mid twenties. And so I got a marketing job at a company, um, did that for 11 years during that time. My real estate or my partner at the time, we lived in Sherman Park on mm. Grant Boulevard. We had a great house on Grant Boulevard. And that neighborhood was, I don't want to say gentrifying because that's not quite right. It was, there were people coming into the neighborhood that really were investing in it, really cared about it. So um, we had neighbors across the street that were like-minded and we said, you know, what we should do, we should buy some of these properties and, mm -hmm. you know, fix them up and we can rent them out and it's, let's do that. So we, we bought a house on Burley on 38th and Burley, three bedroom, one bath house. We spent nights and weekends with our own hand tools and stuff, fixing up this house. Our, our partners had a little boy, baby, you know, 18 months old who would come with them. Mm -hmm. And we fixed this place up. we, uh, put it on the market. We, f we flipped it, mm. you know, it was back early days of flipping sure. and it, we made, you know, all this money and we said, wow, let's do this. We, let's do this again. We bought a duplex. We, it was a comedy of errors. We got all of our stuff stolen out of it. It was a disaster. Mm. We lost all the money that we made, but we realized that we could work together and we thought, let's try to make this go. So over the course of the next well, it ended up being 10 years, you know, we bought over a hundred properties wow. in that area in Sherman Park. That's a huge endeavor. Yeah. So it became, it, and it slowly became a full-time job for the four of us. You know, one leave is the first one that jumped off and, and quit his job to do it. His wife did then, then Dave did, then I did. And it was, it was a, a, a lot of work. It was very rewarding because, you know, you're taking homes that have been neglected and turning them around and renting them to terrific people. It was, it, there was a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Mm. And it's just the nature of, of real estate. We, um, when the downturn happened in eight and nine, mm -hmm. it didn't happen immediately. Nothing happened to us immediately. Sure. So we clicking along the bank that we used was, um, legacy bank. 
and we worked with them and kept working with them. But after, in about the end of 2009, things slowed down. Lending yeah. slowed down. The availability of properties was – there was so much stuff coming in the market because everything was getting foreclosed on. It was a big opportunity for us. But we um, – the – there was loan no access to capital. The loan committee, yeah, yeah. Everything started shutting down. Well, our business model relied on us being able to keep doing that. Mm. And so the bank ended up getting seized by the FDIC. I remember that. So that happened. So we got called in and the FDIC said, hey, you know, you guys are great. You've got all these loans here at the bank. We we want to work with you. We want to, you know, we want to finance, you know, get you guys up and running. We're going to do an appraisal on all the properties and then we'll, you know, we'll get back to you. So they got an appraisal for it and they um, came back to us and said, well, you know, you've got $3 million worth of loans here at the bank. And, um, you know, these, these are appraising out at about a million four. Mm. So, you know, all you guys have to do is come up with a million six and then we'll refinance <laughs> the house. Right. Exactly. No so, you know, fast forwarding that, that did not pan out. Mm -hmm. And we, um, we ended up uh, getting into property management and doing, you know, really starting over. You know, mm. I started doing BPOs for banks every day. You know, I do. How hard was that? Um, cause you had built, I mean, if you have a hundred properties, you really built something. So what is it like? Well, the, the failure piece of it is complicated. You mm -hmm. know, I'm, I'm a very pragmatic person and I'm very resilient. I also can compartmentalize things pretty well. Mm -hmm. So I, I was able to see it for what it was. I was, I was very, very, very lucky to meet with some gentlemen who are you know older than myself in business eric buttline who obviously right, you friend know of well, both of ours um pulled me he said come and come and meet with me he knew exactly what was going on come mm -hmm. and meet with me and he said this is what you have to understand this is not your fault right this is a global financial collapse mm -hmm. you just are getting caught in it and a lot of people are getting caught in it so you know Welcome to the club right. and, you know, and it, you, you'll get through it. And so that was, you know, just hearing the words, it's not your fault. That really helped. And it was credible coming from Eric, who we both loved mm -hmm. dearly. Mm -hmm. May he rest in peace mm -hmm. because he had tremendous success and tremendous failure. Mm -hmm. And he was able to overcome, you know, he used to joke about all of the failures that preceded his success. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, to have a mentor that was so human and understanding and could speak from experience was really great for you and I and many other young men. Well, it it there's a, a per perception when you're when you're when you when you don't understand or don't you've never processed the fact that the 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 wealthy person that you've that you've met that maybe is your client has this beautiful home and all these other things you don't know what it took to get there, right. you know, what their story was. And to have them kind of pull the curtain back and say, you know, look, yeah. I've, I've only this, you see this, I bought this house four years ago. You know, before that we were in a condo, whatever. I just, you know, people work their whole lives, ring the bell and then get to that next spot. And, you know, 
everyone has the stories of, you know, overcoming the obstacles to get where they are. But, um, the, and if you think of the people that you find the most interesting, the most empathetic, the kindest, they're people that have had challenges, mm -hmm. right? I mean, no I have a it. few friends that have kind of skated through life with no challenges and they're just far less interesting um, than those of us. We all, you know, almost all of us have had setbacks and, you know, we're taught that you have to take risk to get ahead and, um, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Right. Well, and risk is a risk is a tricky thing. You know, some, sometimes when you're in, you're in the thick of something, you don't understand, you know, what that risk, what compounds upon that risk or whatever it mm -hmm. it's, it's so have, so le lessons learned is, um, people should try to, if, if you're, if you're looking to get to a new place, try to find somebody who's already there hmm. and talk to them, you know, create your own mentors, grab them. Generally, most people I have found are happy to help. They're happy to talk to you Yeah, and it can help you, um, maybe not make some mistakes. You know, if someone had said to me back when this all happened, you know, do you know what leverage is? Right. <laughs> Do you know what, what a personal guarantee is? <laughs> Do you know what a personal guarantee is? Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. So, right. but no, you know, when you're young and you're and you're going, you're signing things. Right. Yikes! You can't believe the bank will lend you the money. Right. And mm -hmm. you're, you know, and you're you're sweating it. You're waiting for someone to walk in the door to be like, hold on. Right. <laughs> uh, I yeah. still, that happened to your high to school day. teachers. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but the thread that you're talking about people who have had challenges, just being a little more interesting, you can tell who they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can talk to someone for just a moment to understand who they are. And, um, we're, I'm, you know, you are in the same boat. So fortunate to work with clients that are, that are these people. Mm -hmm. And I've learned so much. And, and some of it is just slowing down, listening feeling and you know the listening part is more than listening it's like really hearing what they're saying mm -hmm. you know when, when we when we interact with clients when we're when we're doing a, a listing appointment or a buyer appointment you know getting down to the motivation for whatever they're wanting to do why are they selling the house why are they buying the house what is their what is their ultimate outcome is this you know is is this happening because it's an estate because you know all of these things when you slow it down and you listen you can give them better advice and it can also you know set you on the right path to help them get the ultimate outcome mm -hmm. they're looking for yeah well put um so shifting gears mm -hmm. you are the most dapper guy in our industry no where does that come about from that about um it really comes from working in a corporate setting. I worked at Eaton Corporation, which is a manufacturing company. It was Cutler Hammer when mm -hmm. it was in town in Milwaukee. And so I started there as a temp in right after I left the real estate business in 1993 and worked my way up to be the manager of marketing communications and mm. events for one of the divisions that was based here in Milwaukee. And at the time, 
you had to wear a, a shirt and tie to work mm-hmm. every single day. Everyone, every man wore a shirt and a tie every day to work. And so you just get in the habit of doing it. Mm-hmm. And, um, they, you know, they, they did casual Fridays. Then you, you had to wear a shirt and tie every day except for Friday. Sure. And that, tripped people up the guys just came in without a tie because right. <laughs> that's all they had with wingtips right exactly <laughs> right and you couldn't you know it there was no none of the casual clothes that you know they have now were available at the time so um it really just comes from that i i feel like you know i mean i'm, I'm wearing you know this is a podcast but i mean i'm wearing jeans and a white shirt and a jacket that's it it's not anything special but i always feel like you have to wear a jacket when you meet a client Mm. personally sure um i feel like you owe it to them to just have to be a little bit elevated to not be so familiar Mm. you know i I mean some of the people you're meeting for the first time and you want them to at least feel like you're you know not dressed in street clothes you know regular street clothes i don't know i admire that yeah I used to wear a jacket and tie every day, you remember? Mm-hmm. And then I finally said, Paul, you win. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't worn a tie in a while. It was a COVID thing. I kind of lost the ties. Right. Um, hard to go back. Yeah, it is a little hard to go back. And and I and I don't feel like I'm losing anything. You know, it's like I still look fine. Yes, you, know? you do. Um, so – in many ways, I think that there hasn't been a harder time um, to be in our business. There have been more difficult times economically, but we're in an environment now where there's nothing to sell. Mm-hmm. The other day, we had a client coming into town with a budget of 500000 to a million. And in Bayside, Fox Point, Glendale, River Hills, Whitefish Bay, and Sharwood, there were a total of five homes available that didn't have offers. That might be 150, 200 homes in years past. Um, so there's a saying in our business that at any given point, there are a third of the people getting in, a third of the people in, and a third getting out. I think right now there are probably half the people getting in, a quarter in and a quarter getting out. And it's it's a tough environment despite homes selling for more than they ever have and multiple offers. Um, you know, having you know, you're a veteran of the industry now. You've seen it from all different sides. Um, if you were starting today in this environment, like what advice? I know you have lots of young people on your team. What do you? How do you counsel them? Um, it's a really tough time to get started, and we have a couple of agents that are newer, and mm-hmm. it, it is difficult for them. The advice is the basics always work. So, as you know better than anybody. This is a relationship business. Whether your relationship is 30 years old or 30 minutes old, it's a relationship business. You have to get in front of people live in order to connect. So, you know, we, you know, I, door knocking is not something that anybody does anymore. Um, but it's what is the new way to do that in social media? A lot of it's social media, Mm -hmm. you know, you've really got to connect with people that are in your sphere. I mean, everybody, not I, most people are on social media, Facebook or Instagram, and they've got however many followers that, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's their aunts and uncles or it's 10,000 people, those are your fans. Those people actually want to hear what you have to say. So you need to talk to them about everything, you know, humanize yourself, 
make sure they know that you're in the business and then find the other piece of it is find a mentor. I mean, if you can, if you're lucky enough to be able to join a team mm-hmm. like yours or, you know, any number of teams out there that can at least help you get some business to, to cut your teeth and learn, you will, you know, every, every sale that you have, you've got the opportunity to create more sales out of it. You know, they, they'll, you gave them a good experience. They will refer you. You have someone to touch base with, you know, you will, you will get there. But I look at the landscape and the availability of properties and all of that. I don't know how it changes right now. You know, we've talked about it a little bit. We're going to be in this environment for a while. And if you're going to be successful as an agent in this environment, I think you have to really quadruple down on all of the basics. Mm. Otherwise, you know, there's so many real estate agents out there. Some, you know, you're going to, your, your base is going to erode, you know, someone else will do it better. You've got to get in there and really start connecting with your people. And everybody has a friend or a family member in the business, right? So if you think about the people we work with, they all have friends or family members in the business. And I think we have to be so good that someone will have that painful conversation with somebody that they like or love. And it's taken us a long time for people to have those conversations. If you're young and just starting out, it's more challenging to have people that you don't know have those conversations with people that they're close to. It's a, it's a challenge. And I think that's why so many people don't make it in the business. Um, but one of the things I'm trying to highlight in this podcast is perseverance and resilience and understanding that we aren't our deals. Mm-hmm. We're not our production. We are who we are. And we talked a little bit before we started recording about how the more we do this, the less we know one another, yeah. which is so strange. Mm-hmm. And um, how important it is to build bridges and to get to know one another better because there have been so many times where we've been, just recently, where we had a gap. And I think part of what brought the deal together was our relationship. I really firmly believe that. I, I agree. And I, great clients on both sides. Sure, sure. No question about it. Um there's no substitute for kindness and empathy and kind of a collegial outlook. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are in a we are in a fraternity and a sorority. We are we are all a collective team, is how I see it. Right. Um, you know, there's this is a big market. I mean, this is MLS last year was what, ten billion dollars? Mm-hmm. $10 billion. I mean, you do half of that, <laughs> right. but the rest of it's split up with the rest of us. Um, and, <laughs> and there's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of business out there. So mm-hmm. we need, you know, we need lots of different agents doing a lot of business, but if we can, when it comes time, time to negotiate and we can be professional and we can be understanding and we can be, you know, look each other in the eye and do it without any sort of ego. That is, I think that's how it gets done. I mean, the people that I've 
I'm lucky enough to interact with in the, in the business, the other agents, they're all that way. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're all that way. I had a, I had a deal last summer, big deal that was three weeks from closing and it fell apart and it was nothing that the agent did. The other agent did. It was nothing that I did. It was a dispute between the parties and you know, it was, it was a big deal and it was very disappointing and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, semi crushing that it didn't come together, but the other agent and I saw it for what it was and we're, you know, pals to this day. You know, Mm -hmm. I talked to her the other day. I find that some agents act like this is the only deal that they're ever doing with you and they're never going to see you again. Right. (laughs) And in -hmm. some cases that's true, but in most cases it's not. Right. So playing the long game. You got to. Um, So I'm going to kind of summarize this and then I'm going to leave you with a question. Um, And it's a question I haven't asked any other guest. Okay. So um, me personally, my takeaway is, um, and I'm so glad we did this. Me too. Really. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, you know, you are at the pinnacle of our industry. You're selling some of the most beautiful homes for the most successful clients, clients that could hire anybody. Um, And when you trace it back, you're a, you're a kid from South Milwaukee that had no advantages that didn't go to an Ivy league school. Um, but you're as successful or professional as anyone in the business. You've taken risks, some that worked and others that didn't, but always acted honorably. And so many people look at us and think that it was a straight line or that we're simply blessed with this unbelievable sphere from childhood mm-hmm. um, that has effortless, effortlessly brought us to this point. But you're a perfect example of just sticking with it and, and, and sticking to kind of the core components that you said of just being kind, being empathetic, being responsive. Um, so I think for the half of the people are getting in this industry, I don't think that there's anybody that is um, more motivational. And when you talk about having mentors, anybody that feels like they're starting from zero would be well served to talk to you. Oh, thanks, Rick. Um, so I'm going to leave you with a tough question. Okay. So you have a very polished presentation and you executed a very high level. And that is the picture that we all have of you. For those of us in the industry, what do you want us to know about you that isn't obvious? Well, that's a great question. Um, I guess the answer is that I really care what happens in this business. I really care about every real estate person that I come in contact with. And, you know, everyone conducts their business a little bit differently. And some people are, you know, farther along. I mean, you, you do have the, you know, you have the most elite team in the business as far as production and 
pedigree and all of that. And, you know, you guys are a, a, a you know, a North star for all of us, frankly, and you've always been a, an amazing, um, just an example of how to be kind and an example of how to conduct yourself. So I've, I've tried to model some of the things I do from the way that you've treated me. So, um, but as far as what I'd want them to know is, you know, I'm not, I'm not perfect. None of this is perfect. We're all, you know, we're all scrambling the day before a deal gets, you know, everybody comes to the closing table to make sure the garage is swept out to make sure that, you know, things are, you know, perfect, that everybody's, you know, smiling. And I was, I on my hands and knees in a suit last week, wiping down the floors in a penthouse that someone had walked in with salty feet so that when the buyers came and did their walkthrough, it looked perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. We, you know, I'm, I'm still in, I'm still doing all the things I ever did when it comes to, um, servicing clients and making sure the details are right. So while you look like a guy that, that everything is beneath you, nothing is beneath nothing. you, no relationship, no task. Um, and it, from a guy that knows you and now knows you better, that's where you are. It's a good answer. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Rick. Really great to be here. Yeah, Thank this you. was really nice. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to give a shout out to Podcast Town Studios, our producer. No sleep for creating the music. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you believe that you or someone you know would be an ideal guest and would talk about not what they've done, but really who they are, why don't you reach out to me? I'm the easiest guy in the world to get a hold of. Thank you. <laughs>